Dante Greco. Dante is a really smart guy. Ladies love Dante. I wanted hair. Look at that face. What's your name? Dante Greco. Dante was me yours truly. I'm gonna come. What's up? What's up? Welcome to the Dante Greco Show. We're here on Wednesday. Let's get into the news. So much is happening. A new development in the Ohio quadruple slaying. Um, an interesting development. Every single time we learn more about this case and what happened that day, it is like more and more disturbing, but also seems to... Um, seems to confirm more of what the initial rumors were. So Idaho murder victims, Zana Kernodal and Ethan Chapin were found by his best friend who checked for a pulse on their bodies and made 911 call from surviving roommate's cell phone eight hours after attack, sources claim. So remember, initially this thing came out like, oh, here's the reason why nine, the 911 call reported an unconscious person because uh, the friends came over because Dylan Mortensen and uh, Bethany Funk were just freaking out about the situation and then they were hyperventilating and one of them passed out and that's why it came in. Um, you know, meanwhile, the cops still haven't released the 911 call, so we don't know exactly that that's what happened, but Steve Gonsalves seemed to confirm a version of that in an interview he gave a few weeks back. Zana and Ethan were found by the, his best friend who checked their pulse, which is shocking to me, considering what we have heard about specifically Zana, how she had these defensive wounds because she grabbed the knife so frequently that, uh, you know, excuse me for getting graphic, but that they say that her fingers were almost severed. So taking the pulse is a little weird, but let's read on and see if it's uh, explained. The unidentified friend had gone over to the Moscow, Idaho home on the morning of November 13th, hours after Chapin and Kernodal, Maddie Mogan and Kaylee Gonzalez were slain. In their sleep, which, by the way, maybe Kaylee and Maddie, but pretty sure Ethan and Zana were not asleep. I think we can say that now, right? Chapin's best friend, and by the way, this came from News Nation, who continues to be on top of this story like no one else. Chapin's best friend found the two bodies and took their pulse before shouting at roommate Dylan Mortensen, 21, and others to call 911 around 11.58 a.m. I mean, again, he took their pulse maybe because it's like he sees movies and TV shows, you know. He watches Law & Order SVU, and it's like, oh, take their pulse. You got to make sure. Um, who knows? I'm sure it's a panic to walk in and see anybody in that condition, let alone your best friend and his girlfriend. So similar to how people were giving Dylan Mortensen shit because of the way that she reacted, I'm not going to give this best friend too much shit over uh, the, the pulse checking because he was probably in shock. The call was made from Mortensen's phone, but new details revealed it was the best friend that talked to police. Police. 
Yes, and it goes on that Mortensen allegedly believed the sounds of four of her housemates being brutally murdered were sounds from college partiers in her house. Again, this is another new development. And, and like, I don't hold that against her. You don't expect that people in the house are being murdered. You never, that's like the last thing you suspect, unless you hear gunshots or something. If it just sounds like rustling and bumping and floor stomping, you're going to think it's a party because it was a party house. We saw how many uh, police body cam videos have been released in uh, in the last couple months showing how many times the cops had to show up to the house to tell them to turn the music off or turn the music down or, you know, they're going to ticket them next time they have to come out. Calm down. You're being loud. She reportedly yelled at 4 a.m. In addition to I'm trying to sleep. God. Yeah, so. And now here's a post that was made online before the arrest affidavit was unsealed. And this is... um, Trying to find out where this is from. But anyway, the poster is Ethan's sister-in-law, and it says verified. X and E were in her room. 911 caller was the friend who went in because D called him to come over, D being Dylan Mortensen, to come over because she was scared from what she had heard in the night. He went to X and E room first and then called 911. Why D or B didn't call the police once is the question. Sister-in-law continues, yes, I hope it will come out what D heard. D supposedly called all the girls in the house after the crying and screaming stopped and no one answered. And she still didn't call the police. She needs to explain herself and her actions that night. Okay, so she's upset and not going to hold that against her either. That is a little strange. It's a little strange. You're crying and screaming. I mean, what kind of a party is uh, crying and screaming? But okay, this was a Reddit thread. Okay, that's where the sister-in-law posted. Very strange, but um, it all continues to trickle out. It all gets weirder, and yet it all seems to line up with the initial reports. Dana Renodal. Let's see if anyone else has more details. Let's go right to the source, News Nation. Hmm. Okay. So they don't really get into it. Again, this is all speculation. Why take the pulse of people who must have been clearly dead based on what we learned? I don't know. Again, shock. Never being in this situation before in your life. Never expecting to be in this situation. Yeah, you know, what are you going to do? But uh, so that's that. That's the update on the Idaho case. Let's turn it over to Raquel Welch. Raquel Welch, legendary Hollywood siren dead at 82 this was a bit of a bit of a surprise because she looks quite youthful didn't expect this i didn't know she was 82 
but um, she died after a brief illness. TMZ broke the story. She rose to fame in 1966 in with her back-to-back roles in Fantastic Voyage and One Million Years B.C. From there, Welch's profile blew up, and she was one of the most sought-after female stars throughout the 60s and 70s. Yeah, you know, she's one of those people. She had the timeless beauty. Oh, my God. I just realized I was reading this earlier. I didn't put two and two together. She was married four times, one of them to Richard Palmer. That guy owns the pizza shop in Beverly Hills that we always used to hang out at when I was at TMZ. Hilarious. Richie Palmer. Uh, you know, My condolences, by the way. Anyway, she's got the timeless beauty. My fiance actually thinks that she, and I do too, by the way. I think I'm the one who started this, that she looks similar to uh, young Raquel Welch, you know. So. Hopefully, she'll look similar to an old Raquel Welch one day, too, because Raquel Welch really held on to her looks. She had the glamour. Um, That's why it's weird. She seemed sturdy. Brief illness. She died. You know, back then, it's a weird thing now because with social media, every and social media and advancements in, I guess you could call it makeup technology, like everybody can look great. With the right filter and the right makeup. And now we can see everybody because of social media. Like back in the day, there was only a few. There were only. What am I saying? There was. There were only a few like genuinely attractive people, in my opinion, that we could judge by modern standards. And you lived thinking that that was just it there were very few attractive people because you only saw that handful on the screen television movie whatever nowadays there's just like a lot of people that you can see on instagram or on tiktok or you know if you're gonna if you're so inclined only fans there's plenty of good looking people out there who have learned They've copied other people. They've, they've, they've got the right makeup. They got the right hair. They got the right fashion. So really, it's, it's not such a rarity anymore. Not to take anything away from Raquel Welch, because she was obviously a pioneer when it comes to uh, this sort of look. But like she's got the type of look. Her and Marilyn Monroe and maybe a handful of other people who could uh, come out today and be just as big yeah so we don't quite know what happened to her uh she died brief illness they said uh she died of pfizer no no but no i'm just kidding Uh, people want to blame everything on the vaccine i don't think it was that she was 82 how about she was 82 and that's how she died Rest in peace to Raquel Welch. Did she do Playboy? I don't think she did Playboy. Playboy used to just put people on the cover, like whether or not they actually posed nude in the magazine. They would just throw them on there. Hmm. She had a son, Damon. Damon Welch. Whatever happened to him? There he is, a little bit older. Okay. Okay. 
Yeah, she had a big career, but we're getting to that time when all of the major pop culture figures and artists of the uh, mid 20th century are starting to pass on. So baby boomer generation is on its way out. What are you going to do? It happens to everybody. It'll happen to my generation. The millennials. The millennial generation's already, you know, we're already the old generation. And millennial sounds so young, but like, you know, look at my hair. You can see some grays coming in. All right. It's happening. We still don't know what those things were that were shot down. Government's trying to claim that they're not UFOs, but they haven't told us what the hell they are, where the hell they came from. Have they recovered any of the debris? This is from The Hill. Government officials are giving conflicting answers. The White House has a new leading theory on the origins of the UFOs. They were tied to some commercial or benign purpose. The Biden administration also made clear there is no known connection of the latest objects to China, which sent a massive spy balloon across the U.S. earlier this month. I, I call bullshit on commercial or benign purpose because why didn't somebody come forward and say, that's us, you know, Michelin. Oh, you shot down our new prototype blimp. Somebody. Um like like it's and if it was a commercial or benign purpose, rush that out there so you can quash any of this speculation. Do they want us to speculate about what's going on here? And also, we can't fully trust what they're saying to us right now anyway because um they just now came out and told us that they that's Chinese, the confirmed Chinese spy balloon. They had been tracking the thing since it took off, and they just let it float all the way across the whole United States. What's up with that? How are you, Marissa? Thank you for joining. All right. Let's continue reading the article. I'm good, by the way. Uh, the senators left the classified briefing on Thursday with very few answers to their questions. Senator Tom Tillis questioned why a company didn't come forward to claim the objects. Yeah, if they were commercial and noted the objects are still unidentified. They're not at a stage when they're going to categorically identify them. Their balloons, blimps, a number of other things. Representative Adam Smith, the ranking member of the House Armed Services Committee, also questioned the theory of commercial objects in an interview with The Hill. That sentence was kind of written strangely. I couldn't quite understand what they were saying. Balloons are launched for a whole lot of different reasons, but if you are launching them for a legitimate reason, most of the time somebody knows about it. Yep, Smith said, and nobody has claimed them, so it seems distinctly possible these things were up there for illegitimate reasons. Okay, so like, what are they saying? It's the cartels? Maybe it's the cartels. Are they dropping fentanyl? I mean, listen, by the way, the cartels are getting quite crafty. And if there's one group that does not care about pissing off the government or having the military get involved, it's the cartels. I was just reading about how they found like $300 million worth of cocaine floating in the ocean, I think off of Florida, but don't quote me on that. So maybe it's the cartels. 
doing some reconnaissance, maybe where they're trying to find out where people are growing avocados or, or marijuana, checking in on their competitors. This is just my speculation. If they don't want to say it's, you know, drug related. Meanwhile, crews are working hard to recover the debris from three UFOs shot down over Alaska, the Yukon in northwest Canada, and Lake Huron in Michigan. You can read more about the reaction on Capitol Hill in the Hills. Full report here. Yeah. Now, this guy, Senator John Kennedy, came out and said some, you know, I think deliberately creepy. He, he made a statement like, after he came out of this briefing, lock your doors tonight. So I don't know if we can believe him. He seems to jump in on whatever the conspiracy trend is when it is um, useful. Here, I'll, I'll play you what he said. This has been going on for a long, long, long time. Um, at, at, at least 2017. And last week we were told 2019. Um, that's what I took away from it today. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Lock your doors tonight. This has been going on for a long, long, long time. Okay. So, like, yeah, lock your doors tonight. Okay, and that was yesterday. Nothing happened last night, by the way. I checked. Uh, he said something before during uh, questioning, and he was like, something, 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 and Jeffrey Epstein. Three things that didn't hang themselves, but I don't even think he pronounced Epstein's name correctly. Let me see if I can find that video. So take what he says with a grain of salt, but it is weird. It is very weird. Uh, uh, yeah, the last three UFOs shot down, likely not Chinese spy devices. What do you think? I mean, what are your theories? Here, here is uh, audio from the F-16 pilots who are struggling to ID the objects. Well, I don't really know what. I couldn't see anything that says hello. I didn't see it outside my eyes. Definitely looks like something... Uh, there's uh, some kind of object that's suspended in the air. It's hard to tell. It's pretty small. I cannot see it outside of my eyes. One one in the targeting pod. You can see something. I can't tell if it's metallic or what. And there's uh, I can see like lines coming down below, but I can't see anything below it. One one looking outside. It's kind of like uh, a blackish. I'm gonna call it like a container. I can't really tell though what the shape is. Going to so slow and so small, you can't see it until you're so close. I don't have to be worried about hitting it before you're going to there. It's almost like a octagonal shape. Uh, I'm going to call it a balloon. You can definitely see strings hanging down below, but I don't see anything below it. It's pretty small. I don't know, size of like a balloon or something. Sorry, Mike was muted. Uh, it's That's weird to hear them that it's a small, there's like lines coming down from it, but it's scary that the F-16 pilots can't identify it. You know, they've seen everything up there and they've 
I'm sure seen some advanced technology of our own government that we're not privy to. And they don't know what to make of this thing. And if it's uh, enemy technology, that's even scarier. Like I said in the last show, it's scarier if it's of Earth, if it's terrestrial. Extraterrestrial is exciting because we've been waiting for this for since the dawn of humanity. We've been waiting to make contact. Okay, even if it leads to the end of the human race, at least we went out finding out that there's alien life. If it's just China or Russia, it's like, oh, fuck, you know, go fuck yourself. We've been worried about nuclear elimination for 70 years and that's how it's really going to end up not that these are nukes i'm just speaking out loud um let me see something else i wanted to play for you huh where is it who built the pyramids well, Reseda Reporter, that's a great question. You know, there are pyramid shapes all over the world, but probably because eventually everyone uh, figures out that that's a great shape to stack things in and that they'll stay for a long time. So I don't know. I'm going to guess uh, the Egyptians. Let's go with that. Yeah, what does everyone here think? What's your theory on these UFOs? What, the real theory is why are they telling us so much about this? Okay, let's say it is UFOs. Why are they telling? Why are they being so open? Well, anyways, okay. Let's look into uh, this Markle versus Markle thing. So Samantha Markle, sister, half-sister of Meghan Markle. Oh, we got an answer. They're telling us about it to distract us from inflation. You know what? That's honestly one of the best possibilities I've heard yet. It's not about the Ohio train crash. It's not about the Nord Stream pipeline. It's about the inflation in the economy. Not bad. Good theory. Have I been able to see Thomas Markle naked? Not yet. God damn it. I'm waiting for those paparazzi pictures to come out. Samantha Markle appeared Wednesday at a virtual court hearing in Florida over a defamation lawsuit against her sister, Megan. Lawyers for the elder Markle claimed the Duchess of Sussex defamed their client to cover up her allegedly false rags-to-riches narrative. Megan had attempted to stop the deposition from happening in September, but was denied by a judge earlier this month. I mean, yeah, listen, Megan's pissed because she had this whole thing planned out. Hold on. That's my question. They would usually lie about it, but now they're saying they don't know. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That, that's the weird part. Uh, Megan had this whole thing planned out. She's going to be a rags to riches story. She's going to win the prince. And everyone's going to love her and sympathize with her, except that's not how it ended up playing out. And because she has her family, she should have taken care of her family. See, the, her consistent mistake, Meghan Markle's consistent mistake, whether it's with her own family or whether it's with the British public, is not greasing the wheels a little bit. 
you know? Do the thing where you show up on the steps with the baby that everyone else does. Do some of the, you know, take part in some of the traditions. Win the public over. Tell your family, hey, you know what? I'm getting married to the prince. I'm taking you along with me. I'm going to help you out somehow. Even if she doesn't like them, she can secretly still hate these people. She can intensely dislike Samantha and Thomas Markle, but it, you know, there's no, there's consequences. If you try to cut Samantha out of your life completely while coming into this embarrassment of riches called being a, a, a princess of, of the British royal family, the only royal family that anybody even cares about anymore, then you, you got to make Samantha a little happy. I'm sorry. That's just how it goes. Because the alternative is this. Samantha Markle claimed Megan was peddling lies about her in both the Oprah interview and a 2020 bio, Finding Freedom. Specifically, Samantha claims her half-sis lied when she allegedly said she was an only child, causing her humiliation and shame. Megan's lawyers fired back. Their client never said she was an only child. She told Oprah she grew up as an only child. Yeah, I mean, look, she's clearly embarrassed by Samantha Markle and probably by her father, and she would love to, uh, to cut them out of her life and just have us all pretend that they don't exist. But they do. Can't go around. I mean, is that really defamation, though? To say that I was an only child? I don't know that that defames Samantha Markle. Not that that's necessarily her main claim here. But, you know, maybe she felt like an only child, right? Samantha claimed Megan lied about her upbringing, and when she got caught in lies, she turned Samantha into a sacrificial lamb and attacked her to cover up her own alleged misdeeds. As for the alleged lies, Samantha points to what she says is Megan's rags to riches narrative, growing up in poverty when she had a middle-class background. She says their dad, Thomas, paid for all sorts of things for Megan, including elite private schools, tuition at Northwestern, as well as dance and acting classes. Meghan Markle's lawyers asked the judge to boot the case, calling the claims offensive and inappropriate. Her lawyers say Meghan merely stated her impressions about her life growing up. I mean, that's fair. You feel one way. Even people who grow up with relative privilege can still feel like they didn't have enough or they didn't have what they wanted. Whole thing's very messy. I don't know how they're going to litigate this. But I will say Megan clearly had an idea that it was better for her story to be someone who came from nothing and rose all the way up to being a princess. Problem is she's too arrogant about it. As she said, like there's the scene in the documentary where she goes, I was on the plane out uh, flying away. And I think it was the pilot came up to me and said, thank you for your sacrifice. We appreciate your sacrifice. And it's like, you know, and she's like, finally, somebody understood. Like, how can you say that? Even if you say that in the interview, somebody should watch that and say, you know what, Megan, you sound like an ass when you say, thank you for your sacrifice. You're flying out of Britain 
next to Prince Harry on probably a private jet. And you're telling us you want us to feel like you made a sacrifice. You went from being an actress on a show on a network that most people don't even watch. Not really going anywhere in particular. To above the A-list. You leapfrogged into royalty. And yeah, I know it was tough. And yeah, there was racism. And I'm sure it was uncomfortable living in the palace. You know, those poor Meghan and Harry, they had to move into that little tiny cottage that's as big as a, a goddamn mansion in Beverly Hills on the palace grounds. And Harry was embarrassed to show her that little cottage. I would be threatened. If I told my girlfriend, my, you know, before she became my fiance, that's where I live, I would have gotten proposed, engaged uh, like three years sooner. Holy Christ. Let me look up some of my notes. I watched that documentary a while ago. I've been meaning to talk about it for the longest time. I lost my voice like a little, like two months ago. Right when the documentary was happening, I lost my voice and I couldn't talk about it and it drove me crazy. Um, I can't find them. Apple's Notes app is shit. I gotta say. Thomas Markle was a hunky grip on Married with Children. <laughs> You're damn right he was, yeah. Um, yeah, she grew up, you know, around... Like, look, that doesn't make her a Nepo baby, I will say. Because some people probably would accuse her of that. If you live in Hollywood, chances are you know somebody or you're related to somebody who works in the industry. And, and a camera guy on the set or a grip is not living in the lap of luxury let's just put it that way um judge charlene edwards honeywell said she was struggling to see how megan's statements were defamatory the judge took the case under advisement samantha is seeking at least seventy-five thousand dollars in damages yeah see i'm with judge charlene edwards honeywell i am also struggling to see how these particular claims are defamatory this sounds a little bit like a family Argue, this is like something that should be adjudicated on um, the people's court or Judge Joe. What's his name? Megan's only a duchess, not a princess. You're right. Sorry. The Duchess of Sussex. And now she gets a whole brand and she gets hundred million dollar Netflix deals and all this stuff. It's like, what sacrifice are you talking about? The weird thing about that documentary was like every I liked them a lot more than I did before the documentary. But. They would just always, I don't want to say shoot themselves in the foot. Is it illegal to say, I mean, they're not public figures, right? They would shoot themselves in the foot too often with their obtuse. I feel Harry is authentic and genuine, but she is sus to me in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the feeling I got, you know. Harry's on a learning journey. I thought it was interesting. He admitted to Anderson Cooper that he experimented with hallucin hallucinogenics. You know, because think about it. When you're on mushrooms or something, you're pondering existence and, and the universe and your place in it and what are we and you're getting all these feelings. Just imagine taking that trip as a prince 
the the prince of wales i'm american i don't know is he the prince of wales the prince of england anyways as a prince in the british royal family and you're contemplating the very fabric of existence that had to have been an interesting trip uh, and I like that he shares that type of information. I like that he tells us about the problems, you know, because you didn't hear about this ever. You know, they they keep a tight lid on that type of shit in the royal family. I like when Harry tells us that he's using drugs and that he fights his brother. It's great. But that's always followed up with some statement about like the, the biggest problem with Harry and Meghan is that they show up and expect all of us to think that they're important or that it's important for them to be at something. Like, it's really not. You know, they're doing charity work, I guess, and some of it, I'm sure, is impactful. But for the most part, they think they've built up this these reputations as these great humanitarians and it's like you haven't put the work in yet it's like when obama won the nobel peace prize in the first year of his president i don't even think he was president for six months and all of a sudden they're giving him the nobel peace prize like well slow down just a little bit i'm not saying he can't be worthy of winning it but it was too soon except to my knowledge obama didn't campaign for that nobel peace prize they're running around everywhere, going to galas, going to thousand dollar a plate galas, and and um, like they're they're courting this this image too overtly. You gotta do it behind the scenes. You gotta have people behind the scenes. They don't have enough people behind the scenes trying to craft this story for them. You know, they got Tyler Perry and that's about it. Even Oprah is like, I'll give you an interview and then get the hell out of my life. Let's continue reading about this. Yeah, that was from when they were, she, she did that whole exaggerated curtsy thing that pissed off many Britons. She's got a big ego. She clearly has a big ego. You got to have a big ego if you're going to try to go into Hollywood. And she had a, a moderately successful career, you know, way more successful compared to, you know, any jerked off wannabe actor, waiter walking around LA. You know, she was doing it. She was getting cast in things. She was earning a, a pretty good living. But she wanted too much too fast. Like joining the royal family is for life. It's like joining the mob. You know, you're in there for life. So don't rush. Don't just start doing hits every which way, everywhere you look. Take it slowly. Ease into it. Win people over. Put some work in. Go shake some hands. You got to be like a politician, truly. Um, 
not every proceed. This is what Megan's lawyer said. I'm reminded of the old saying, don't make a federal case out of it. Not every perceived slight ought to be litigated. And that's true here. Plaintiff is taking issue with Megan's own impression, uh, impressions of her own childhood growing up. But that's not a proper subject matter for a court of law. Yeah, I'm on their side on this. I've I've have decided. I agree with them. It's um, it's a weak lawsuit looking for some quick settlement money. You know, Samantha Markle, I don't know her. I don't want to defame her. I don't need her lawyer coming after me. But just because the public doesn't necessarily like Megan doesn't mean that Samantha Markle is a saint. blah 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 okay so that's kind of that's kind of what it is um what else were we supposed to talk about today oh yeah receipt a reporter are you still watching comment if you're still watching i want your opinion on this so this guy, Nikki, okay, I don't know if you guys watched the Super Bowl halftime show with Rihanna. Um, it was not, in my opinion, the best ever. It was just fine, and that's okay with me. doesn't have to be the best ever, but uh, she was pregnant, okay? So she wasn't going to be able to move around a lot. And apparently she was lip syncing. Now, Howard Stern said that she was lip sync, lip synced about 85% of the performance, you know, in his typical hyperbolic and, and witty way. So today, and many people took that as a criticism, of course, which it is. I mean, it, it's a criticism. Um, today, Safari Samuels, the ex of Nicki Minaj, tweeted out this. This whopper, let me put it up for you. All right, and Receda Reporter, I want your opinion. You've been on the show before, uh, and you are of the Jewish faith, so I'd like your opinion here. Safari Samuel says, no Rihanna slander will be tolerated by these white outlets. Fuck y'all. Howard Stern, this is in 1995. No one gives a fuck about your opinion. Go get a nose job. With your fake ass wannabe afro, then go suck your mama. Okay, so go get a nose job. Receive a reporter. Is that anti-Semitic? Please answer. Please answer now. I need to know. Because as we know, Howard Stern is Jewish. So when you say go get a nose job to a, a, a Jewish person, that could be construed as anti-Semitic. I think Howard Stern actually already had a nose job. But... I don't know. You know, what bothers me, it's not Rihanna's fault because I don't think she foments this type of response necessarily. But like when you have to be like, no, 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 you can't criticize Rihanna at all. You have to say it was the best thing ever. Then I have a problem because it robs people of their ability to just be honest about what they saw. It wasn't the best thing ever. It was good, it was, especially for a pregnant woman. It was fine. 
She did a great job, you know, played all her hits. Can't complain about it. It's just not like the top thing ever. But and and she did lip sync. And if Howard had a problem with that, that's fine. But like, you know, I know. Okay, Receiver Reporter, it is, but I don't care about Safari Samuels. Wow. Well. Uh so that okay, we have our we have our verdict. That was anti-Semitic. But you're right. Safari Samuels isn't exactly famous anymore. I'm, uh, I don't know if he's on uh, a reality show at this point, but his biggest time was when he was with Nicki Minaj. Personally, I don't really like Safari Samuels just because when I was a TMZ camera guy, I don't remember him ever being cool in particular. So sometimes I judge people based on my personal interactions. Speaking of that, I, I don't know if I've ever seen Raquel Welch. I think I saw her one time. I never talked to her, but I'm pretty sure I saw her at a party a year or two ago, uh, which, uh, again, I really thought she was like 69 years old. I didn't think that um, she was close to her 80s. Pregnant person. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'll call her a pregnant person. Uh, it feels a little Kanye to to Marissa. Yeah, it does feel a little Kanye, right? It does feel a little Kanye. So I was just curious what you guys all thought. All right, what else we got here? Oh, Sam Smith. Sam Smith made a revelation about his future. Listen here. No. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to be a fish, fisherman. What, like a fly fisherman? I'd, I'd be, a, I'd be any type of fisherman. I think I would like to one day. I'd just like to end my days fishing. Like we can solve that. Do you yeah. fly fishing? I do it on the sea and I do it in lakes. I've never done it alone. Someone's always taught me. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to be a fisherman. So you hear that? Sam, Sam, Sam Smith wants to be a fisher them, not a fisherman. Fisher them. Now, look, honestly, this doesn't bother me. I mean, who cares? I am a bit cynical when I see major artists sticking to the script like that. You know, he has to correct it to say a Fisher them. It's touchy subject, obviously. This is, We're getting into cancel territory here. But, like, he's... He's he makes sure to correct who Fisher them, and he, yeah, he could be authentically saying no, no, no. This is how I feel. I mean, they could be sorry. Here I go fucking up. Can't even talk about Sam Smith without walking over uh, landmines. Um, they could be authentic when they say I want to be a Fisher them, but the cynic in me says this is Sam's team. This is the record label. This is, you know, play pandering and playing on what's kind of uh, in the news now, what's trendy now. And so all of a sudden you're saying, I want to be a fisher them again, really doesn't bother me. Who cares? Let Sam Smith fish them whenever, whatever they wants to do. And honestly, it sounds quite pleasant to just be fishing when he's older, when days older, Um, you know, when they are done with all of this fake devil bullshit. So I don't know. That was just my thought. What do you think? Receipt a reporter. What do you think? What else we got here? 
before we wrap it all up. Oh, Chris Cuomo. Can consume you. Italians are so passionate that I had to accept because I was going to kill everybody, uh, including myself. Things can consume you. Italians are so passionate. And I really had to fight against that because, you know, just like you did, I got too many people counting on me. Don't drag Italians into this. As you know, he always plays up his Italian heritage. When he like, I've never heard an Italian person say that Fredo calling an Italian Fredo is the N word, which was Chris Cuomo's big argument with a guy in a bar that was taped. That's like saying the N word to Italians, Fredo. But anyways, he was pissed after he got fired by CNN. He wanted to kill. Him. I had to accept because I was going to kill everybody. Uh, including myself. Things can consume you. Italian. He's going to kill everybody. He was going to kill you. He was going to kill people that called him Fredo. He was going to kill himself. Whatever. Listen, you fucked up. You were working with your brother who was the governor of New York and doing stuff that was improper. I mean, you know. And, of course, CNN is going to fire you. You're not working for the Dante Greco show where I'd say, go ahead. Who cares what you do? You dislike Sam Smith. You hate America. That's true. Clown. Exactly. All Italians. Oh, yeah. Check out our interview with Shakur Stevenson, Stevenson on the Fight Season podcast, by the way, if you're into boxing. Got a great, fun interview with him. Uh, do we have anything else that we need to talk about today before we wrap it up here? Let me check my list. I think we covered everything. So that'll probably do it. You know how I am. I'm going to keep posting. I'll do another show in like a, tomorrow or something. And uh, thank you for watching. I will see you on the next episode. Have a good life. We will see you soon. Much love. Thank you. Love. All right, Tanya. So once again, thank you to my brother. Tell me your name again. Dante Greco. Two words. Made in America. <laughs> Dante, you're doing great. That's good. I I want you to leave my good friend Ringo alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my pal, pal. Have a good day.